Hello, everybody. So tonight is really all about, well, it is all about connecting and reconnecting and um, seeing each other, which is amazing. So um, just a warm, warm welcome. And if you're new to this kind of session, if you've not joined us before, you're particularly welcome. You'll see that we have, uh, gosh, getting on for 100 people tonight. Um, and from all over the world, I imagine. So do you mind just putting in chat, as we always do, where you are, just saying hello and where you are in chat, where you are in the world, as opposed to I'm in my bedroom or the bathroom. <laughs> it just That would be lovely, just to get a sense of the global nature of this community. I'm just trying to keep up with all of this. Malaysia, Northern Ireland, Norfolk, not far from me. Durham, Toronto, Oxford, France, Isle of Wight, Hemel Hempstead, good old Hemel Hempstead, Devon. What else have we got here? Hamburg, Hungary, Edinburgh, South London in capital letters, very important. Zurich, Denmark. North Wales, Chile, amazing, and, and still they're coming in. So um, tonight's session is all about connection and community, and so what a wonderful way to begin this session with a, with a, a recognition of this global community. And I'm going to do something a little bit different um, right now. For those of you who are familiar with these sessions, we always invite you at the end to unmute and say your goodbyes in your chosen language. I, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to unmute <clears throat> um, and say hello in your chosen language. And as we do that, I'm just gonna invite you to notice how that feels, you know, what, what happens when you hear everyone and see everybody saying hello, what, what happens perhaps in the body, in the mind, any emotion. So are we happy to try that? So if you'd like to unmute now and just say hello in your chosen language. Hello. 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 Good evening. Good evening. Lovely. Thank you so much. How was that? Do you want to just put in chat what you noticed there? Making sure that you're muted. But just maybe in chat, what did you notice? How was it to hear those voices and to see those people saying hello? Just lovely to, to see you noted fun, lovely, happy, friendly, musical. Yeah, it was quite musical. Uplifting, connected, curious, funny. Sounds like a lot of people smiling. Isn't that interesting? You can hear smiling. Good to be back in the real world. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Warm glow inside. An orchestra tuning in. Seeing everyone again is wonderful, uplifting. Feeling I can part of something bigger. Another dimension, feels good. One big get together. Gratitude, community, joy. Ah, oh, what a great way to start. Thank you so much, everybody. So, um, some of you know me, um, we've been together running these sessions since um, March 
trying to remember what year it is now, March 2020, when we first went down into lockdown in the UK. So that's about 16 months every single Wednesday we've been together. And um, usually with this kind of format, isn't it? We've been seeing each other on screen and sharing and practicing together. And, um, and it's so great to see you all again. So before we, we dive into uh, this um, connecting, the sense of community, um, I'm just going to invite us to do a, a short practice that will help us to arrive, if you like. So whatever you've been doing before you join the session, whatever time of day it is, just really taking some time now to choose a position that feels most supportive. That might be that you want to stand, particularly if you're feeling a bit sleepy or that you've been sitting all day and you want to have a stretch, or it might be that you want to stay seated or some other position. You might want to move to the floor or you might want to move to a chair if you've been on the floor, but as best you can, making it um, a choice, uh, yeah, really listening. What does my body need right now? And just settling. And in this practice, knowing that having your eyes open or closed is absolutely fine, or you might even decide partway through the practice to open them if they've been closed or close them if they've been open. So that's a complete option for you as well. So to begin this practice, just checking in, how, how is the body right now? You might want to check in for signs of tension or slight discomfort and, and again, making a choice. You might want to move slightly, have a quick wriggle or stretch before allowing the body to settle. And knowing that there's no special state needed here, no particular way to be. Oh, it's like this right now. Maybe also noticing how the mind is at the moment. Maybe it's full of thoughts. Maybe it's a bit slow or sleepy. Foggy. or something else, just again, noticing, no right way to be, just noticing how the mind is. And so this practice is an exploration of, of where our anchor point might be in this moment. So exploring where there may be a, a sense of steadiness or groundedness. And this can change from one moment to the next or one day to the next. So the invitation is to be really curious about this as we, as we explore different areas of the body and even outside the body, because sometimes an anchor can be outside the body as well. So beginning now with a, just a sense of the whole body sitting here. As best we can being upright without being uptight, alert as best we can. And with this sense of the whole body in our awareness, 
allowing it now to just drop down into the feet. So sometimes we use this, use this image of a torchlight, a flashlight. So if that's a helpful image for you, then just allowing that flashlight now to zoom in and drop down into the feet or just let that, that idea go and just dropping attention down into the feet. Really noticing any sense of connection there may be between the feet and the floor. Maybe a sense of pressure or temperature. Very often we can feel almost electrical activity in the soles of the feet. There's nerve endings in the soles of the feet. But in particular, exploring whether or not there's a sense in the feet of just connection, of the, of the ground supporting them, almost as if the ground is rising up to meet the feet. If that sensation isn't there, that's fine too. Just, just exploring sensations there. And maybe now exploring a sense of a, a broader awareness of the feet. So not just the soles, but the, the sides and the tops of the feet. So the whole of the feet. Again, we're talking about this sense of anchoring. Is there a sense there of steadiness, of being grounded? That quiet connection that the feet may have with the floor. And now moving that torchlight of attention upwards now. So keeping a sense of the feet in the background, but moving up now to include a sense of the lower leg. Particularly a sense of the, the muscle and the bone there, the weight of the lower leg. Perhaps even that sense of the weight of the lower leg feeding into the feet and the floor. And extending again now, so moving this torchlight up, keeping a sense of feet and lower leg, but moving it up to include the upper leg and points where the body might be connecting with the seat if you're sitting. And also a sense now of the whole of the lower half of the body. So feet, lower legs, upper legs, and the body in contact with the seat if you're sitting. And if you're standing, just a sense, a general sense of the lower half of the body. Grounded, supported by the floor. 
And if it feels comfortable now, you might also want to include in that awareness a sense of the abdomen, the stomach area. And if that's not suitable for you right now, if that doesn't feel right, then just, just allowing attention to rest on the lower half of the body. If you're including that sense of the abdomen, then also perhaps noticing any movement there. Sense of breathing in and breathing out. And you might also notice that sense of movement as you move up the torso, so including the chest and the upper part of the back. All the time exploring, are there areas of the body right now that feel particularly steady or grounded or anchoring? That sense of kind of slowing things down a little, steadying. And now also exploring, so we have the lower half of the body, the torso, but now also extending to include the arms, which may be hanging by your sides or bent with the hands resting in the lap. Really tuning into that sense of the weight of the arms or the weight of the hands. And those points of contact. So the sense of the lower half of the body, the torso, the arms. And finally also just moving up the arms now through the shoulders and up into the head. And just noticing the head as it's balanced on the top of the spine. Now the body is beautifully designed to just hold it there. Quite a weighty thing, the head, but the body can support it. Balancing. So really getting a sense of the whole of the body and just revisiting again, is there a particular part of the, vo the body at the moment that feels really steady? It may be the feet, it may be contact with the seat, it may be weight of the hands in the lap, something else. Or perhaps today, a sense of steadiness may come from outside the body. So the invitation now is with a sense of awareness of the body, just opening awareness out a little bit, just to receive sounds, any sounds around you. 
it may be very subtle sound. It might be a distant buzz or a, a humming sound. Maybe sounds of people or things moving nearby. And not necessarily getting caught up in what the sounds are or where they're coming from, just noticing them, just noticing the sounds. And again, noticing if there's a sound there that perhaps is acting as, a, as an anchor for your attention, something steadying. The sense of body, the sense of sound, and knowing that at any point in this session or, or in the future as you practice, there may be a point that feels particularly steadying that you can return to at any moment. There is choice there. So when you're ready, just very slowly, gently opening the eyes if they've been closed. You might want to have a stretch, a wriggle, bring a little bit of movement back into the body. And if you'd like to share, it'd be lovely just to see and chat where perhaps you found an anchor point, if you did find one. Where was your anchor point in that practice? Seat, feet, laptop, hands, feet and rain outside, bird song, hands resting in lap, feet on floor, the freezer, You've got a freezer for an anchor today, that's great. Feet and legs, clock ticking, strongly in seat, pelvis, hands touching each other, thunder, gentle hum of PC, sitting bones, backs of legs. Isn't it interesting? Anchors can be so many things. Ticking of the clock, yeah, gravity. Lovely. Thanks so much, everybody. And the archers on Radio 4. <laughs> Excellent. Very grounding, the archers, aren't they? For those of you who don't know, the archers is a very long-standing radio programme, kind of a drama um, in the UK. So um, let's then explore the theme for today in a little bit more detail. And I wanted to start really with acknowledging that um, humans, no matter how independent we like to think we are, no matter how much we like our own company and we, we relish quiet time on our own, humans are actually designed to be with or connect with other people. Um, and there's lots of ways in which that shows up. So for example, if you, um, if you look at the 
the makeup of the, of the human brain, we know that there are particular parts of the brain that, that are part of their role is to ensure that we are attuned to others. Um, so for example, you might know, we sometimes hear about the amygdala and very often it's associated with a stress response or fight or flight. Um, it's actually very, very attuned to the emotion of others. And that's so that we can read when somebody is maybe potentially going to get aggressive with us or needs our assistance, needs our support. It's actually really important in recognizing other people's emotions, but particularly heightened emotions, stress, anxiety, aggression. It's really good at helping us recognize facial expressions. And then there's another part of the brain, you, maybe you know, called the insula, which allows us to read how we are. So at the very beginning of this session today, I invited you to just check in, how, it, how are you in the body? How's the body? How's the mind? And so it would be the insula, which would be one of the parts of the brain, they all work collectively together, that will, will be kind of just checking that out for you. And the great thing about the insula is it also allows us to read how other people are. It's not the same thing as empathy, but it's something that allows us to really notice how someone is in any given moment. It's the sort of thing that would be reading, you know, you see someone and you think, are you okay today? Are you all right? Or well, you seem quite cheery today. It's the insula working away for you. And then there's another lovely piece of the brain called the fusiform gyrus. Lots of technical terms here this, this evening, morning or afternoon. And that's specifically um, very good at reading whether or not you recognize somebody. So whether you recognize someone's face or sometimes their body movement. Again, it's really important to be able to know in those moments when you think, oh, shall I wave? Shall, those really embarrassing moments where you wave and then, oh, then you realize that actually it wasn't who you thought it was. Um, awfully embarrassing moments that we have. Um, it, it's the fusiform gyrus that's helping us decide, oh, do I know them? Do I not know them? <clears throat> but actually, if you ever want a piece of evidence about the extent to which we're really tuned into each other, is this picture. I'm just going to share it with you if that's okay. So here we go. I hope you can see that. Can you all see that one? Yeah. So um, let me just close that down a little bit. What you might notice here, so this is where I'm going to pretend I know all about football. Um, which I don't, by the way. But what you may be able to see there is Michael Owen, who was a, <clears throat> a very famous um, UK footballer. He played for lots of big clubs. And he has just missed a penalty kick. And what you may notice there is that everybody in that picture who is wearing red, the colour of his team, has a very similar expression on their face. Can you see that? Lots of open mouths, lots of hands on the head, frowning, disbelief. Um, and as you're looking at it, it's probably your insula that's telling you that. It's your insula that's reading the emotions in that group. Uh, what you'll probably also notice, there's a few people there not wearing red, mainly wearing yellow, who are actually rather happy in that moment. Um, but what I've always found fascinating about this picture is the fact that nobody presumably has said, right now, everybody, Put your hands on your head, open your mouths, frown, go. It's just happened. We're all reflecting back 
and sharing in that group emotion. Very attuned to the emotion within a group, very attuned to what's going on in that given moment. Really, really incredible that they should all simultaneously have the same emotional, but, but more than that, the physical reaction together. Let me just stop sharing. So another thing we know about in terms of us reading these emotions and sharing them with other humans um, is something that's been discovered in the last 20 years. I'm just gonna talk a little bit longer and then we're gonna do a practice, um, which is maybe you've heard about them, mirror neurons. So it's really early days in terms of research here. It's all very patchy and we're still trying to understand what's going on there. But we know that there's a very specific set of nerve cells that, that we share um, as humans, they've now been called mirror neurons. And they, um, they fire <clears throat> when we go about a particular action, but they also fire as if we were doing the action when we're watching someone else do it. So if somebody reaches, like I'm reaching now for my water bottle, and someone was watching me do that, their mirror neurons would fire in the same way as if they had been lifting the water bottle. We still don't 100% understand what this means for us, except that we are very, very attuned to each other, very attuned. And there are some people who are now saying, maybe that explains why um, when one person is aggressive, another person very quickly becomes aggressive. When one person is calm, another person very quickly becomes calm. There's certainly something there, but it's absolutely fascinating and definitely one to watch. So why is it so important to recognize this human connection we have, both in terms of our, how our brain is wired, in terms of our behavior when we're with others? Well, first of all, it's really important for our survival. We know that humans don't do well in isolation. There's a very good reason why a form of punishment is solitary confinement. Being put in a cell on your own is punishment. Some people would say it's the ultimate punishment. We also know that it's so, so much part of our survival, this sense of connection with others, that if you are in isolation or there's stories of people who maybe are lost in the desert or in a jungle, isolated from others, eventually they will start hallucinating auditory, hearing things, visually seeing things. And very often the things they will see or hear are humans. They'll hear a human voice or they'll see a human being that isn't really there. So it's almost like the mind has to make human contact up if it's not there. And we also use each other, don't we, as a reality check. So a sense of, you know, hmm, how should I read this situation? So perhaps you... You've been in a situation where um, a really good example would be on public transport. So here in, the, here in the UK, and certainly in London, we have trains, underground trains, and occasionally the lights go flickering or they go off. And when that happens, very often the first thing to happen in response to that is that people start looking at each other. They start looking around the carriage. And it's fascinating, what are they doing? They're looking for cues on whether or not they should treat this as an emergency situation. We need others to test reality. Is this dangerous? 
no, nobody else is worrying. They're all looking at their phones or their paper, newspapers. Okay, I'm all right then. We need each other to get a sense of that. And that can go badly wrong when perhaps nobody is admitting it's, it's an emergency. And we know that there are, there are stories of people um, who perhaps didn't get out of a burning building fast enough because they were reading signals from everybody else. And everybody else was reading signals from them that meant that they didn't panic. They thought, well, it's not an emergency because nobody else is panicking. So it can go slightly wrong as well. And I suppose the last thing that's really important about this sense of connection, um, as well as just making us feel safe and connected and part of a bigger whole, is how that then can manifest itself in action. That a sense of community can give rise to a, a sense of power or the ability to make a change. And that's something we should never underestimate, especially in these difficult times that we've been through, an opportunity to make a change. So I'm going to invite you now, if it's okay, to, to do a practice which explores this sense of connection. Remembering you've got a choice about where you do this, you could sit, you could stand, you might want to move a little bit and just check in with what would be right for you right now. Also remembering your anchor points, so knowing that at any point in the practice, you can return to a sense of anchor, if that feels right for you. But just inviting you now to really get comfortable. Sense of ground beneath the feet, sense of body sitting with intention to practice or standing. And again, choosing whether you want to keep the eyes open or just lowering the visual line a little bit, softening the gaze. Just really dropping into that sense of body here. Checking in with the anchor if there's a particular area that feels steadying. sense of body, connection, and also a sense of the body in this space that you're in. Maybe allowing awareness to just move out slightly so there's a sense of the body and the space around the body. And then either keeping the eyes closed if they are closed or allowing your gaze to rest on something or bringing to mind something, maybe an object around you. Just choosing any object at all. It might be a piece of furniture, it might be a decoration, it might be a picture, it might be something else. So you can bring it to mind or you can choose to look at it. And really notice its shape, its colour, 
Maybe there are textures there, roughness, smoothness. Maybe lights reflecting off that object. And just reflecting for a moment, what was necessary to bring this object here right now? What was necessary? What was needed for that object to be here? So it might be useful just to really go back a little now. So just reflecting, perhaps that object is made of a particular material. So what was needed for those materials to be created? It might be um, a man-made material. So it needed chemistry and humans to be involved there. Perhaps it's made of natural material. So maybe something that needed to grow. So what conditions were needed for that to happen, for that thing to grow, those materials to develop. And then perhaps once that material was created, what, was, what else was needed? What was needed to shape or form those materials into that object? And then maybe humans were involved at some point. Maybe they were the people that shaped and created it. And of course, there were the people who had to perhaps wrap it, put it in some kind of container. Perhaps there were people who had to transport it somewhere, maybe driving a truck or some other form of transport. Perhaps there were people who had to then receive it, open it, put it on display, whether that was in a shop or online or something like that, take a photograph of it. And then of course, how did it get to where it is now? Who was involved there? So as you bring these people to mind, you might also want to kind of imagine them being there in front of you. All these people who helped to make this object available to you so that you can see it today. And how about the people who supported those people? How did those people get to be able to create these things and transport them and sell them? Who else was needed to allow them to be where they were? Maybe family members who looked after them, fed them, clothed them, kept them safe. Teachers and other adults helped educate them or taught them the skills they needed. 
medical professionals, perhaps, who kept them well, took care of them when they were sick. Again, if it's helpful, just imagining those, all of those people just there in your mind's eye. Perhaps there's quite a few there already. So with this sense of this group of people, all of these people who are needed, were needed to allow this object to be where it is now. Noticing how that is, noticing any emotions there. Sensations in the body. Perhaps thoughts. Perhaps even an impulse to do something. Maybe you want to join them. Maybe you want to reach for the object. Something else. So, of course, there is someone else who is needed for you to be able to acknowledge this, and that's you. So perhaps now bringing to mind all the people who may have been involved in you being here, able to look at this object. Since the day you were born, what, what was needed, who was needed to allow this to be as it is now? Family, professionals. Mentors. And remember, there's, there's no particular way to feel about this, just acknowledging the people, the people who may have made it possible for you to be here regarding this object, looking at this object. And if it's helpful, you might want to imagine that they've joined that crowd, that, that group of people who we originally identified. There they are, the, the carers, the teachers, the people who grew and picked the food that you were able to eat. A whole host of other people, perhaps, that you've recognized as being really important in you being here with this object. And reminding you that at any point you can return to a sense of anchor if that feels more comfortable right now. That's always an option for you. But for this final section of the practice, and you've probably got quite a crowd there already, but for the final part of this practice, maybe reflecting now on people you have supported 
maybe your work involves you supporting others, colleagues, clients, patients, <clears throat> customers. So recognizing the ways in which you support them. Maybe you've been a good friend or a mentor to, mentor to somebody. Maybe you've listened to someone as they shared an experience or a worry. Or maybe you've just engaged in a, a random act of kindness with a stranger, perhaps not even really noticing. Maybe you've let someone in in front of a queue. Maybe you've held a door open for somebody to come through. Smiled at a stranger. So as you bring these things to mind, again, really tuning in, how is that? How is that experience bringing these people to mind that you've supported? How is that in the body? What emotions are there? What thoughts? And of course, connection can be virtual. It can be with people who maybe don't even realize that you're connecting with them. You might have felt concern for someone, a character on television or on social media. Maybe you'd wished them well or hoped for them to be well. So if it feels right for you, you might now want to just really notice those, all those people, the people involved in bringing the object here today for you, the people who allowed you to be here regarding the object, and the people that you've supported in your own way, however big or small, all here in awareness. I'm noticing how that is. And again, if it feels steadier to just return to an anchor, you can do that. Or you may feel you want to silently say something to these people. You might want, want to just simply thank them. You might want to simply soak in that sense of being a part of a bigger whole. And there is a lovely phrase uh, which goes like this, I am because we are. 
I am because we are. This is a term usually associated with a, an African philosophy called Ubuntu. Sense of being who we are through others, through our connection. So if that feels like a helpful phrase, you might also want to silently say that too. I am because we are. So the invitation now, if it feels okay, is if your eyes have been closed, you just very slowly open them. And as you do so, perhaps just really taking in the group, the group in front of you. Feel free to go to gallery view if you want to, and you can then scroll through the screens, see everybody here. And just choosing what you'd like to do next. It might be that you just want to silently wish everybody well. You might see someone there and actually, I'm gonna specifically wish that one well. I'm gonna wish that person well. We'll just sit back and get a broader sense of the group. I am because we are. Lovely. And then if you want to, please feel free to put in chat anything you noticed in that practice, anything at all. But if you'd rather just sit quietly, just looking at the community, wishing well, smiling, whatever you want to do, that's fine too. But feel free to, to share in chat if you want to just observe what, what you noticed in that practice. It's a smile. So much interconnection. It was a lot to take in, yeah. Can be a lot to take in. Peace. How kind this world might be. Appreciation. A lot of positive emotions like connection, love. Gratitude, yeah, gratitude. I live alone, but never lonely. Thank you, Linda. Lovely sense of all those who contributed to my object. Mm. If we were in a room together, we could talk more about that, couldn't we? It'd be brilliant. Never truly alone, sense of belonging. That's a calm looking through the gallery. The cat made me grin. I am because we are. Awareness of others. I've forgotten I was part of such a big tribe.
Great. Gratitude, yeah. And I think it's important as well to recognize that this, because we do spend so much of our time kind of focusing in and turning inwards and just getting powering through our day. Sometimes when we do open out to the sense of connection, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. So it's important that, if, you know, when you're doing these practices, just really get a sense of what feels right for you in that moment. Some days it may feel incredibly supportive. And some days it might not be the right thing for you. So just being wise with yourself about what's the right thing to do in terms of these sorts of practices. Yeah. Also dejected, yeah. Oh yeah, so helping a friend and it didn't go well. Yeah, and that can be hard too. Thank you so much for sharing that, everybody. So I just want to finish with um, a poem. Some of you might know. Uh, it's, um, let me just quickly put it up, here we go. It's by Parker J. Palmer. Uh, and it's called Everything Falls Away. Sooner or later, Everything falls away. You, the work you've done, your successes, large and small, your failures too. Those moments when you are light alongside the times you became one with the nights. The friends, the people you loved who love you, those you might have wished you, who might have wished you ill. None of this is forever. All of it is soon to go or going or long gone. Everything falls away except the thread you followed, unknowing all along. The thread that strings together all you've been and done. The thread you didn't know you were tracking until toward the end you see that the thread is what stays. Follow the thread as far as you can and you'll find that it does not end, but weaves into the unimaginable vastness of life. Your life never was the solo turn it seemed to be. It was always part of the great weave of nature and humanity. An immensity we come to know only as we follow our own small threads to the place where they merge with the boundless whole. Each of our threads runs its course, then joins in life together. This magnificent tapestry this masterpiece in which we live forever. So that's Parker J. Palmer, Everything Falls Away. So it's been so lovely to, to be back together properly, seeing each other, sharing with each other, getting a real sense of community. Um, I will invite you in a moment to unmute and we can hear each other's voices again as well. But before we do, I just want to let you know a little bit about what's going to happen next in terms of these Wednesday sessions. So we're very lucky next, the next two sessions, next Wednesday and the one after, are um, with Dr. Chris Willard, who's going to be sharing his experiences of supporting young minds 
so young people and how we can support them as practitioners, um, as, as parents, grandparents, friends, mentors, as we move into this next extraordinary phase of um, pandemic, post-pandemic, who knows what will happen next. So he's going to talk about that for two sessions. And then moving forward, we're going to continue to have people, guest speakers coming and doing maybe two or three sessions each, just so we can really dig down um, and get a better sense of exploring the themes that we're, we're, we're talking about. They will be practice sessions. They're not lectures. We'll do lots and lots of practice. Um, so it's a great opportunity to keep your practice going. We will have um, keynote speakers at the, the first Wednesday of every month, with the exception of this next one next week, when it's actually a practice session. But from the first of uh, the first Wednesday in September onwards, there'll be a keynote as well. So I hope that all makes sense, and that sounds like something you're you're happy to do. Um, it's just so great to be able to meet in this way. And um, I'm now going to invite you. Oh, and just check check again. You want to know that's it, Parker J. Palmer. Everything falls away is the is the poem I read. And if you're interested in finding out more about Ubuntu. Um, let me just put that into chat, how you spell that, if you don't know it already. Very interesting philosophy. There we go, that's Ubuntu. Um, and so let's end, shall we, just with a, a traditional unmuting and farewell in your own chosen language. Bye-bye, <laughs> everybody, and hopefully see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. everybody. Bye. 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 Bye, lovely to see you. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. That's great to see you on screen. Lovely.